0: I appreciate that song. There's nothing like those good old songs. Uh, that song right there was my grandmother's favorite song, and uh, I thank the Lord for grandparents who were saved. My grandma and grandpa got saved. Parents about the Lord. It t- changed my my heritage. It changed my my the generations to come. My dad was uh, was eight year old boy he said when that took place, and he watched the change take place in their home. And uh, and boy, what a what a I'm grateful. Uh, you know, for that somebody came by and knocked on my, uh, my grandparents' door, and I, I appreciate that song. We uh, sang that song at her funeral, and uh, she is now with the Lord. She's been with the Lord years since I was in high school, and so it was not anything new. Uh, but uh, I just was thinking of her as we sang that song. What a blessing uh, to be able to sing those old songs of the faith. I, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. I, we've, we've been in the book of Romans, and uh, we're not going to go there this evening uh, instead, go take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter nine, and we're going to do something just a little bit different—not um, not extremely different, but uh, uh, a little bit different. And uh, I have asked a couple of these fellows to help me pass out these papers. So, brother Jeremy and David and Micah, and uh, if you guys could come, and why don't you take the center, David? You can well, you can hit that side. Micah, you can hit that side. Well, David, maybe you can hit the center then. Jeremy went uh, to the other side. <laughs> you got double duty in the center because you got two sides. These are really for our church people. So if you're visiting, uh, we have a few visitors with us tonight. It, it's really, it's for our church people. You do not need to fill this out if you're visiting with us. Um, and, uh, and, and this is just uh, something that I've been wanting to do. I've had it. I've kind of kicked it around my office here for a little bit. And... Um, just it hasn't been timing wise it hasn't been convenient it hasn't worked out if everyone could take one of these it is uh and and you'll notice at the very bottom it says if you have any questions please speak with pastor jacobs all right i did get them from pastor uh there were some of the stuff he passed me and i thought i you know what i don't have to make it up i don't have to print it i'm just going to use it and so you can uh uh you can if you have questions come speak to me uh and pastor he he doesn't want to handle all your questions so Uh, so um, that's that was left over from before but uh, this is a really good sheet and uh, basically it's allowing me to know where I can plug you in in the ministry and uh, and where you can be active you know a lot of times I know of stuff that needs done but I'll be honest with you I don't know who to ask and I know people that that do some things um, but, but I'm just not aware of what everyone is willing to do. And, uh, and I'll be honest as well, in the past year, uh, with COVID and with change, with transition, there are always, uh, you're, you just lose some people. Uh, it happens, and it's not uncommon. And so uh, through all of that, uh, we have holes to plug, and we have some things that we need to uh, fill. And then with COVID, uh, of course, we've been running under a lot of restrictions and we're starting to open back up. And, of course, we've been running full services and all of that. Uh, but there's some things still that we want to finish out and be able to take up an offering and be able to run a choir and things of that nature. Uh, so we're not losing sight of those things. We want to continue to do those things. Uh, but, but sometimes uh, it's, we're not sure who to, uh, who to tag and who can help us with that. And so, if you would fill this out and you say, Well, you already have my name, you already have my address, you already have my phone number, my email, uh, but if you could fill it out regardless, fill all of that out so that we can make sure that we have all of your information correct. Uh, your address changes, your cell phone changes, your email changes sometimes, and we may not have all of that correctly written down in our information. So, at least if you'd fill that out, we'd appreciate it. Uh, but then, if you're interested in helping, in any of those areas or maybe even something that's not on there uh, if you could write that down and uh, and that will help us know what areas uh, that we can plug you in I noticed uh, a couple things are not on there security is not on there um, so maybe you want to help in security you can put that into the other uh, or, or some of those things uh, maybe you see something else that's missing uh, that you would want to help out and and so if you would just take a moment and fill that out, and after church, uh, if you could, um, you can drop it in the offering boxes on the way out, uh, you can, um, I'm trying to think, maybe, yeah, drop it in the offering box would be the best way, I was trying to think some other way that would be uh, easy, and, and, and but we'll just do that, throw it in the offering box, fold it up, put it in there, and, uh, and the ladies on Monday will love me for that, they'll have to sort a bunch of papers out of the offering, and... Um, so if you could help with that now i gave you this paper and now i want you to take and set it aside i i'm always scared to give people a piece of paper before i preach and then they're gonna uh, you know they're not gonna pay attention they're gonna be filling all that out and and doing that and uh uh, so just set that aside do fill it out afterwards and listen if you don't get it into me this week uh, you can get it into me next week it's not urgent it's not like well i gotta have it tonight. Uh, if you want to take it home and pray about it, or maybe you think, well, uh, there's something else that I want to do, or or something like that, um, you know, take your time. I don't want to rush you, but I wa- I do want you to know uh, that that we would like to know uh, where you'd like to pl- be plugged in, and uh, we would like to uh, be able to use you. And uh, we will have I will have some more of those setting back on the back table. Uh, if maybe somebody's not here or, or whatever, then you can get an extra one back there and, uh, and fill that out. Then You should be in Matthew chapter 9 by now. And I want to kind of preach a message really that goes along with this idea of being involved in the ministry. In Matthew chapter 9, um, Jesus had been traveling around and, and of course Jesus in His ministry... Uh, did a lot of things. He healed a lot of people and he did a lot of good things. And, and it was not uncommon for people really to flock to the Lord Jesus Christ for many reasons. And uh, as we look at this, uh, Matthew chapter number 9 and verse number uh, 35, we'll start there. And the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having No shepherd. Now let me just stop here, and this is not part of the message, but uh, I can't read this verse without touching this idea and thinking of this thought, that as Jesus traveled and as He saw the multitudes, His heart and His life were so moved by the amount of people that He saw and the lack in their life of spiritual leadership. Uh, and and he was looking at people, and I'm convicted every time I read verse. Because I'll be honest with you, in our life and in our day and age, uh, we go about our business, our business, on a daily biz, on a daily uh, time frame, and uh, and we are so caught up many times in our schedule that that we will uh, will will go through the checkout line. we leave, and we never give a thought. Or the person buying the checkout line—is that person saved? And and it just—I ha- mean—we get so caught up in our life. And I read this and I think to myself, Jesus stopped and he watched people and he saw the need that people had everywhere he went in his life. And I read that and every time I'm convicted by the fact that we need to pay attention to the needs of people around us. And I'm not talking about physical needs. There are physical needs, yes. But I'm talking about spiritual needs. And every person, probably about 90% or higher of the people that you and I deal with on a daily basis have a spiritual need that is salvation. And we ought to be concerned about that. We ought to be thinking about that as Jesus did. Go on to verse number 37. The Bible says this, Then he saith unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, again for the opportunity to be in your house. God, I pray that you'd use me God, I pray that You would speak through me. God, I pray that You would touch each and every heart as only You can. And God, may we uh, realize the need. And God, may uh, may we step up and say, God, use me in Your service. And Father, we'll thank You for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, I do want to take our text out of those two verses, verse 37 and verse 38. And of course, in 36 is just kind of by way of introduction, is the great need that exists in the world. And listen, that need has not changed. That need, since the time of Jesus Christ until now, and you could even go back before Jesus Christ, the need has always been the same, that people need the Lord. No matter where they're at, no matter where they live, uh, they need the Lord. And we need to understand that as Christians because as I said many times, we are, uh, we, are, we are so caught up in our own life and in our own activities that we are many times not aware of the needs of other people. But as we look at verse number 37, Jesus of course was aware of that in verse 36 and He had compassion on them. But the Bible says there in verse 37, Then saith He unto His disciples. Now I want you to notice this, that who is Jesus talking to? He's looking out and He's seeing all the crowd and He's seeing the needs of the people and He's seeing that they're scattered abroad as sheep, no shepherds. But I want you to notice He turns His attention to the disciples and He's going to talk directly to the disciples. Now I want you to notice this, and that's the people that Jesus is talking to. I want you to notice that first and foremost that the disciples... Were followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had already been called. Uh, you go back, and I, I love reading about the disciples and how they were called. I love reading about the fact that uh, Andrew and and uh, Peter and and those guys that they had left everything. And they the Bible says they forsook all and followed Jesus Christ. Man, what a, what an incredible passage when you think about that, and you think about that they walked away from everything and said, you know what, we are going to follow Christ with our life. And I'm not ignorant that on this evening, uh, it's a Sunday evening, and by and large, hey, it's our church folk here. It's people who are saved. It's people who are born again. It's people who I believe are, are, are following the Lord Jesus Christ with your life. And you desire. And so I think this passage so parallels with us tonight that God is saying, listen, uh, He is speaking almost directly to us. And I want you to notice this as well. that The disciples were faithful. You think about the three and a half years that they walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. They had difficulties, yes. They ran into problems, yes. But they were faithful following the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice that about their life. But I want you to understand this too, that God uses imperfect people. Sometimes, sometimes, and I can be guilty of this as a preacher, and understand, we preach righteousness. You ought to live right. You ought to strive to be your best for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that we should not. We certainly should try to do that. But understand this, that even in our best, Listen, we fall short of God, fall short of perfection. We are imperfect people. I am an imperfect person. I am not a perfect person. But I can assure you this, that looking at the disciples' lives, uh, that they were imperfect people as well. I mean, uh, you go through and you study the life of the disciples, and I enjoy reading about the life of the disciples. To be honest with you, uh, Peter is probably one uh, one of my favorite disciples. Why? Because he's so bold and outspoken. And Peter is the first one. Uh, you think about time and time again that Peter, uh, he's the guy in the class, man. His fan's the first one up, you know. I mean, Jesus asks a question, Peter says, well, I know the answer to that. Thou art the Christ. And, uh, and anything that, that takes place, I mean, Peter is right there and he's in the forefront of the battle and he's in the forefront of the line and you look at the life of Peter and, and I love looking at Peter's life and at the same time, you can see all of Peter's flaws just like you can see all of his good. I mean, you think about the disciples and who of the disciples walked on the water. None of them did. But Peter did. And so you see the good and the bad in the life of Peter. Listen, who was the one that forsook Jesus? Well, Peter. Well, actually, the Bible says they all did. They all fled. They all left when it came down to the trial. But Peter is the glaring example. Peter is the one that, uh, before the cock crew uh, crowed, uh, listen, that, that Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And, and, and he, he was one of those that, that walked away and he said, I go a-fishing and some of the other disciples went with him and what I'm saying is, listen, Peter was not a perfect person. Let me tell you this, he was used of God. And don't hold back in your life saying, listen, I can't be used of God because I'm imperfect. The disciples were imperfect. You could go through their life and find time and time again failed God, but God used them greatly. How about the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul was, in my opinion, one of the greatest apostles that lived amongst men, and he penned the majority of the New Testament of the Bible, and he was greatly used of God. But what was, Apostle Paul, what was Paul before he got saved? Uh, listen, he was going around persecuting Christians. He was a prideful, arrogant Jew that said, hey, I am living in the law. I am a Pharisee above Pharisees. I mean, I'm doing everything right. And God took and saved him and turned his life around and said, now you're going to go preach the gospel for me. And what I'm saying is, God takes imperfect people like you and I, and He uses us in marvelous ways. And so we look at the people that God uses. We could go on and on and on throughout Scripture. And uh, there is time and time again. I, uh, several years ago, I was preaching at junior camp, and, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go find uh, the, the little people in the Bible that God used. And, uh, uh, you know, that song uh, that Brother Mark Rogers sings, um, uh, God's little people, and his family sings it, and their son sings it, and, and, uh, and God, how God uses little people. Listen, He does. And uh, and you think about this, and and I think it was uh, 1 Kings 5, or maybe it was 2 Kings chapter 5, when uh, uh, when Naaman, the leper, he came, you know how he heard about uh, Elijah in the the, uh, Israelite land? It was his little maidservant. He said, hey, I wish you were over in my country, because in my country there's a servant of God that can heal you. And he took and traveled over there to see Elijah and because of that little servant girl listen that man's life was changed and God used him greatly what about the little lad in the new testament hey who was it that gave their lunch so that 5000 people could be could be Uh, fed that day. Uh, It was a little lad that took what little that he had and he gave it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you could go on and on and on about people that God has used. And listen, sometimes it's small areas, sometimes it's big areas, but nonetheless, God uses people to accomplish His will. Sometimes I've wondered why God would entrust with us such a a monumental and an important task. I I think to myself, God could have wrote out the Gospel in the sky. He could have made it play out every single day in the sky. God could have done that. But He did not do that. And He chooses to use you and I, human vessels, to get the Gospel to a lost and dying world. And what I'm saying is that, uh, listen, God uses imperfect people. God will help you do what He wants you to accomplish. So many times, uh, we we look at our life and and we think, man, I, I could never do that. When I was traveling on deputation, when we would go to uh, different churches and, and we were getting ready to go to the mission field, and even when we'd come back on furlough, I, I, people would tell me all the time, they'd say, man, I, I could never do what you do. And I know I've told... I've said this in the past, but to be honest with you, I remember as a young boy when I was 13 and called to preach, I was scared to death. I thought, God, I don't know how on earth you'll ever be able to use me. I can't hardly stand in front of people. I forget my own name. I get nervous. I was a backward, shy boy. And I thought, God, I don't know that you'll ever use me, or, or be, but whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do the best that I can at whatever you want me to do. And what I'm saying is, listen, if God calls you to a service, maybe you're saying, man, I could never teach a Sunday school class. I'd get nervous in front of people. I could never do this or I could never do that. Uh, listen, you and your flesh may not be able to, but if you'll submit yourself to God, you'll find that you'll be able to do things that you didn't think were possible. And He'll say, you know what, I want to use you because you are submitted to Him. The people... Then saith He unto His disciples, He was talking to His disciples. They were used greatly of God. Look at what He says to them in verse 37. We see the people as the disciples. I want you to see in verse 37, the middle of the verse, He says, the harvest truly is plenteous. The plenteous harvest. Not only the people that He uses, but I want you to see the plenteous harvest. I said this in the beginning, we have a monumental task before us. Go with me, save your spot there in Matthew 9, but go with me to the end of the book of Matthew, chapter number 28, and verse number uh, 18 and down through 20. We have the task that God has given us to do. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, or 18, down through 20. Uh, Look with me there. The Bible says in Matthew 28 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And God has entrusted us uh, with the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to get it to all the world. To get it to every nation. To get it to every place. Now I look at that and I think, wow, how are we right here in this building going to get the Gospel to China? Does anybody speak Chinese? Okay, we got one. Does anybody speak... uh, How about India? Okay, they've got... I don't know how many languages in India. they got a lot. And we say, how are we going to get the gospel there? So we'll send this fellow to China. He knows Chinese. And, uh, and I'll go to Peru. Well, I've already been there. I've preached there. And, and, and what I'm saying is when you start looking at the countries and you start looking at the world, you're thinking, that's a staggering amount of people to reach. Even if we could send one fellow to China, do you understand that there's a billion people alone in China? you understand that, that just our church alone, just reaching Maslin, Ohio, is a big task? We're not even... Let's forget for a moment China and India and South America and Africa and Europe and Asia and all the other countries that are out there. Let's just forget about those for a minute. And and let's forget about... uh, Our friends are from Texas. Let's forget about Texas and Indiana and all the other states because to be honest with you, uh, that is even beyond our our scope. That is beyond our ability. Let's just focus for a moment on Massillon, Ohio and Canton, Ohio. How on earth are we... Right here, the people that are gathered in this room are going to reach Maslin and Canton, Ohio. That in itself is a big task. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is a monumental task, but I want us to understand this, that it's always been that way. That the Lord said, hey, hey let's not look at it as a negative, that it's over our head, but rather an opportunity that says, hey, there is low-hanging fruit everywhere we look. Hey, the harvest is plenteous. I was looking at this passage many times and, and, uh, and thinking about it, and I thought, uh, you know, the, the laborers are few, and I wanted to focus on that. And the Lord smacked me up the side of the head and said, hey, look, it's always been that way. But I tell you what, the harvest is plenteous. There's lots of fruit out there. Hey, there's no need for us to squabble over fruit. There's no need for us to squabble over opportunities. Opportunities prevail everywhere. And the harvest is plenteous. And He points that out to us. And, uh, and listen, uh, we need people to labor. And, I, and specifically in our church, I was thinking about the, uh, the plenteous harvest. Now, I, I want to say this. You know, if you work in the nursery as a ministry, you might think, I do not feel like there is much fruit coming out of that nursery. And you might feel like that. Man, I'm watching babies and and some of the ladies they love it. I mean, when they just sit there and they coo and and they love that. They 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 that's enjoyable. But you know what that creates an opportunity for a mom to sit in church and hear the gospel, of the Lord Jesus Christ be preached and she could be saved. Maybe you feel like uh, when when listen, I I come and I clean the church and we appreciate our cleaning crew. We got people who work and come and clean this church and we have for years and it's a blessing to this church. And maybe you think, man, I'm I'm not seeing much fruit from my ministry. Do you realize how many people comment to Pastor and to myself? Your beauty, your building is beautiful. And they ask, they're like, How old is it? And and we tell them it's 18 years old, and they're like, Man, it looks beautiful. Well, praise God. That's because we have people who come to our church and they take care of the, the grounds and they, they sweep the auditorium every single week and they sweep the hallways every single week and they come and they labor and they invest their time and, and you might not feel like, hey, it's it's getting much fruit, but I can tell you this, that people notice that and they say, hey, that building is taken care of. Somebody is serving the Lord and doing that. And it's a blessing. And so I don't want you to think that there's any uh, ministry that you're involved in, you could go through that list. The, the paper that I told you to set aside that you're not supposed to be reading or filling out right now. The yard work, the special music, the maintenance, the greeters, the junior church workers, the VBS, uh, the funeral dinners, the, the bus workers that, uh, that, that go out every Sunday and bring children to this church. Hey, listen, those are ministries and their opportunity to get fruit so that people could be saved. And I'm saying that the task, the harvest is plenteous. But let me say this about the the work of the Lord. God specializes in doing great things with a small amount of people. You take this, you think about this going through Scripture. When, we'll just take the disciples. How many disciples were there? 12 there were 12 of them and one he he went and committed suicide after Jesus died so then there were 11 so there were 11 disciples and later God called uh Paul and brought Paul in and 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 he helped but what I'm saying is with 11 12 guys they turned the world upside down 12 guys dedicated to the Lord that said, hey, we are going to serve the Lord. I'm talking about a few number of people who invested their time and said, God, we want to serve you. And you look at the impact that was made from those 12 disciples or even those 11 disciples and how they went around and preached the gospel to the lost and dying world. You go back, you can go through the Bible time and time and time again how God would take just a few people and just a small amount and He would accomplish a great task. You remember when Gideon was going to attack and he called an army and Gideon, of course, he was scared to death. He said, man, I can't do that. I'm from a small tribe and I'm from a small family and I'm the least of my family at that and I'm not qualified and I can't do anything. And sure enough, God said, you're the one that I want to use. And he grabbed Gideon and he brought him out and and Gideon said, man, we've got to go up against this army. And and so Gideon uh, asks for for volunteers and and man, they come out by the scores. You know the story. God told Gideon, there's too many. Too many? Are you crazy? We're fighting a battle. God said, there's too many. And He said, cut it down. You know the story how they whittled it down to just the few that went out. Why is that? I can tell you why. It's so that God and God alone can get the glory for what is done. God's not interested in sending out an army that would boast and say, look what we have done. Look what we have accomplished. Look at what in our strength and in our numbers, what we have done for the Lord. God's not interested in glorifying man. He never has been and He never will be. God is interested in saving man, but God is interested in being glorified Himself. And He works, listen, He deserves the glory. And so, God is specializes in taking, uh, taking small groups of people, and what about the widow that was uh, unsuspecting, that was supposed to take care of Elijah? And, and listen, she didn't even have enough to take care of herself. And time and time again, God is glorified in taking the small amount of people and the small amount of supplies and the small amount of things and doing something miraculous that only God can accomplish. That's what I want to see God do. And He says in our verse 37, the harvest truly is plenteous. It certainly is. And he goes on and he says, but the laborers are few. Listen, that's true too. It always has been. Since the disciples. There were 11 guys. There were 12 and then there were 11. To reach the world when Jesus gave them the great commission, go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. There were less than is in this room tonight. And I'm sure they were scratching their heads saying, man, That's a huge task. I don't know how we're going to get it done. And God wants to use us to reach people with the, with the Gospel for His honor and for His glory. Look at verse 38. And He says in verse 38, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. You know what we need to do? We need to pray. That's what God has commanded us to do. We need to work. Let me say this right up front, that, that our praying uh, does not mean, well, we don't have to be involved in ministry. No, no, no. He's, he's not, he didn't say uh, that, that you could drop everything that you're doing and to only pray. I think it was addition and he's saying, listen, you need to also pray. You need to continue doing what you're supposed to do. You need to continue laboring and you need to continue working and doing what you're also doing. But listen, you also need to pray. Pray what? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. We need to pray that God will send more people. Pastor and I for weeks, probably months really, we've gone back and forth, just kind of uh, tossing back and forth churches right here in Ohio within an hour's drive, uh, maybe two hours drive, that are without pastors. They don't have pastors. And we're, we're amazed that there's just simply not enough preachers to fill pulpits right now within two hours drive of our church. And we're looking at it, we're like, man, there's, the laborers are few. And we look at, uh, I was, I've been on the phone for over six months and calling Bible colleges and looking for, 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 for somebody to, to work with us. And, and every time I talk to them, uh, they're like, we, uh, you know, the few people that we do have graduating, because last year was really hard, uh, and, and so fewer went to Bible college. And, and the ones that we have, they're already headed out somewhere. And what I'm saying is there's few laborers. Hey, maybe it's because we're not doing our job praying that the Lord will send forth more laborers. Maybe it's because we don't see the need. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we, we come to church and we have, uh, we have preaching and, and I'm grateful for that. And we have, I'm pastoring here at our church. Uh, but listen, if you belong to a church that didn't have a pastor, you would see the need. And you'd say we got a problem. We need somebody. And listen, not just some of those churches where, where uh, they don't have pastors, but churches where some of those pastors are, are up against retirement and they're ready to retire and they want to retire, but there's nobody to come up behind them and to take over the helm of that church and to carry forth the Word of God. And, and what I'm saying is, hey, there is a great need for more laborers. And we, need to pray. We need to pray that God would send forth laborers into His harvest, the Bible says. And I thought, not only the churches in Ohio, but even in our own church, listen, there's needs. There's holes that need fill. There's places where, where you could plug in. And it's my prayer, God, fill these holes. God, there's places that we need laborers. Hey, we need more special music. And I'm praying, God, fill these holes. We need people to to teach and help in Sunday school. And I'm praying, God, fill these holes. We need people to to pitch in and to do more. And listen, Uh, many of the people, and I'm not, uh, I know many people pitch in and do work, and I appreciate it. I do. I tell them, uh, I try to tell them frequently, thank you for what you do. I appreciate it. Let me say this, and, and don't be offended. We have a lot of people who are elderly that pitch in and serve the Lord. And I appreciate it. But when I look ahead and I say in the next five years, ten years, if, they're not, if, if the Lord should tarry His coming and they're not able to continue filling those capacities, we need people that are going to fill those holes. Where are they going to come from? They're going to come from prayer. They're going to come from us seeing the burden and saying, God, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. God, we need You to send forth more laborers to fill those holes. Because honestly, the harvest is great. It's plenteous. The laborers are few. Would you pray with me? Would you pray that God would supply? I'm I'm talking to our faithful people tonight. You're here on a Sunday night in the middle of summer, and I appreciate that. And you're faithful, and I appreciate that. But maybe we're not praying like we should that God would bring up more people to serve Him. Somebody once said, All my failures are prayer, f- prayer failures. And listen, I'll be honest with you God does wonderful things with small amounts of people. He does. And He can. And He will. We need to pray as well that God would supply the need for the positions that we have, for the places that we have. And listen, I don't want you to think our church is alone in this. We're not. I could tell you church after church after church after church after church after church, they're they're lacking people, they're lacking labor. So I was talking to somebody else, and and uh, and he has a, a smaller church in in number, and and he said and he told he told me this, as we were talking, and he said bigger church, bigger problems, same problems, just more more holes to fill. I said, yeah, that's that's it. Why? because the, plenty, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few." So tonight, we'll have an invitation. But I'm going to do this, and we're still going to have our old church prayer meeting afterwards, but would you, during this invitation time, take a moment. Maybe you want to come to the altar. I, I would, If you're able and you want to come to the altar, I'd invite you to come to the altar. Let's fill this altar with our church people praying that God would supply more laborers. Would you do that? Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We'll have the piano play. Ms. Coons is coming to the piano, and I appreciate her doing that and playing. What a blessing and what a help. And as she's playing, would you come? Would you pray for our church? Would you pray that the Lord would send forth laborers? And I understand if you're not able I, I I know I know some people have difficulty walking and moving around that is fine. I I don't I'm not asking you to you can sit there in your seat but if you're willing and if you're well bodied and you're able to come would you come to this altar? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for our church. God, I thank you for every single person that's here tonight. God, they're praying. We're praying. God, that you would send forth laborers into your harvest. God, we certainly need laborers here, but in reality, there's a need for laborers all over the world in every place, and in every church. God, I pray that you would help us to be burdened, to be concerned about your work, not just here, though we should be burdened about the work here. May we be burdened about the work that our missionaries are doing. That the young people who have gone out of our church and are pastoring and youth pastors and missionaries and the work that they're doing. God, may we be burdened for laborers in their fields and in their places as well. God, there's certainly a great need, but may we not be discouraged by that. May we be encouraged by the wonderful opportunity that we have to serve you. God, I pray that you would bless each and every one of our laborers, those who are involved, those who are concerned, those who are working, those who are praying, those who are faithful, Father. Be with those, God, that maybe need to uh, get involved and and help them, Father, to find a place that they can minister and that they can serve. And, God, be with each and every person of our church. We'll thank you for that. God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.